Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. Today we're going to talk about happiness, and I want to start today's podcast with a quote from Baba Ram Das, my dear teacher, and his words still ring true no matter when he said them. He said that it is important to expect nothing, to take every experience, including the negative ones, as merely steps on the path and proceed. Now I'm going to read that to you probably again during today's podcast and kind of dissect it a little bit and how it relates to happiness. Now, before we get started, I want to just say hello to everyone. Those who haven't been here, um, welcome, if this is your first time. And those who have been following for a while and wondering, where the heck has Ryan been? And I'll tell you, I'll kind of get into that. So it has been a little over a month since the podcast. We usually do these weekly, or at least uh, several times a month. And I've been traveling a lot. So those of you who know, um, I am in southern Utah, and in southern Utah, it gets quite warm in the summertime. And, well, as a van lifer for the last two years, I have found that the best way for me to combat it is to not push against it, but to work with it. And so I spend my summers usually in cooler climates. So uh, if you follow me on Instagram at Ryan Bean Yoga, you will see all the places that I've been. We've been up to Alaska, we've been down to Southern California, and we've been into the mountains in Colorado, all within about a four-week period, and I think it's a five-week period. And not necessarily to just avoid the heat, but to make um, different retreats, teacher trainings, and then just to experience a little bit of bliss uh, along the way. You know, sometimes our happiness, we tend to forget that it's something that's within us and we fight against what we don't like, right? So we say something like, if this condition was just perfect, then I would be happy. I did a, uh, a TikTok video on this just topic just recently about how we say things like, if I have that relationship, I'll be happy, or if I have that abundance or that opportunity or whatever it is, and then we get to there and then we make another reason why we're not happy. Well, you know, if we go back to Ram Dass's quote, we have to take everything, not just the good stuff, as merely steps on the path and proceed. So I've decided to move out of the place which has brought me um, contrast to be able to experience uh, happiness, which I know I have within me, uh, not in a way of avoidance, but just knowing that I can step into other environments which then give me bliss. So that's what I've been doing. Even though I do really, really love it here, it is just difficult. I have an aging dog with me in the van and she reminds me daily when it's hot. So um, I wanna talk a little bit about some of the things that I'm doing now that I'm back in Southern Utah. And then we'll get right into the podcast. So uh, I have a lot happening. I'm actually, well, I'll just start with the one that's fresh in my mind. I'm hosting a vision quest coming up in September. And I'm going to kind of leave it pretty vague right now. If you're familiar with a vision quest, you know what I'm talking about. Um, This is a four-day event. And it will be in a place to be determined through those who are interested. And um, 
I'll divulge the information if you just DM me. So you can message me um, either on my social media links or you can email me at ryan at theketamineclinic.com and I'll be happy to give you the information if you want to join that vision quest. If it's something you're looking for, it includes sweat lodge, fasting, and really just kind of communing with self and nature and your creator for a couple days and with some integration pieces at the end. So uh, that is coming up. I also want to talk about some festivals. Now, I have a whole September full of them. And if you're anywhere near southern Utah or you're planning on coming out here, this is actually when it starts cooling down and a really great time to come out here. So we got one more month of the heat, really. And then September, it usually gets pretty nice. So I'm looking at September 7th. I'm going to be doing Zion Yoga Fest. Now, Zion Yoga Fest is happening at Hilldale, Utah, and just a little outside of Zion National Park and right outside of St. George. And it's in Maxwell Park. I'm doing it with some friends. Uh, lots of activities, teachings. Uh, you can get CE credits. There's all kinds of stuff going on with yoga, breath work. I'm going to be hosting some uh, different classes, including one that I'm really excited and doing with my friend uh, DJ Taz Rashid. And he's coming out from Florida to come hang out for a little bit and play some music while I teach yoga and breath work on stage in the beautiful natural amphitheater of the Red Rocks in Hildell and in the Maxwell Park, which is just a beautiful location for a festival. So uh, if you're at all interested, I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes in the description so you can get a, a ticket. I think I get, I think they get a 10% off if you click that link. So if you want to get a 10% off, um, you know, come to the festival, hang out for a day or two days and and uh, enjoy beautiful Zion at its most, uh, really the best time of the year. Especially those who are, like, I don't like the cold because it's, you know, there's snow and you don't want to be hiking around. Those who don't like the really, really hot, uh, that's uh, September, October are the best. Well, not the best, but I like, you know, all times are great to be here. But those are really good times for those who like perfection in the weather. So um, that is September 7th through the 10th. Now, the weekend following that, I'm doing yin on fire. Now, Yin on Fire um, is going to be near Cedar City at Three Peaks Resort. And it's uh, put on by a friend of mine who actually I did TED Talks with, my friend Wendy. And man, there's a whole lineup of teachers, hundreds of them, uh, along with some pretty amazing musicians. Just go to the, their, their page, just to Google We In on Fire and you'll see. But I'm going to put a link below so you can kind of check it out. But man, they have some amazing musicians, really beautiful workshops. And it's at this really cool location in the mountains in Cedar City. So it'll even be cooler there. It's a week later and it's up in elevation um, and up in the mountains. Really beautiful. I forget how many acres that resort is. A couple hundred, I think. And uh, I know they have a big old like lake with a slide and all kinds of stuff that happens there. But I'll be teaching, I think, three classes at that. And I will have a, a booth where I'm going to be selling my books and talking to folks. So if you want to come to Yin on Fire, check the link. I have a little a little link for you to, to be able to participate. Now, I'm doing a couple of veterans retreats. And so veterans, listen up. Uh, one of them is a ketamine breathwork therapy retreat. It's a, you know, it's over a four-day period. It's here in southern Utah in a place called Canaraville, right outside of Zion, real near St. George. Um, it is limited. And I will tell you, half the spots are already spilled up. So when you hear this, don't wait and say, I'll just wait to see if I can. There's a lot we got to do. If you're a veteran and you're interested in ketamine 
uh, for PTSD or depression or anxiety or whatever reason that you feel that may assist you. I'm going to be doing ice baths, breath work, meditations, movement with yoga, good breakfasts. We're going to go on a hike up a waterfall. I mean, there's like a lot of really good stuff to, to do to be a part of this. Plus, you're going to have the community of visionary veterans, um, which is our, our nonprofit. So you can go check them out at visionaryveterans.org if you like. All the information's there. I will also put the, the, the link below so you can... Uh, see what we're doing here. Uh, you know, don't wait though. Don't wait. We have to be able to do um, a consultation with you. We have to order a prescription, and we need to get you all your flight information and get you here so we can pick you up and and get you to the site for a full weekend. Where it'll just be absolutely transformative. If you've heard about ketamine, it is a psychedelic chemical, and it works as a disruptor of patterns. And if you're looking at disrupting patterns in your life and making some changes, this is the retreat for you, veterans. Now, we do have another retreat that's on the East Coast, which is a month later. That's in November, and I won't talk too much about it, but we do have a Visionary Veterans, um, our big retreat, I guess. We'll call, I don't know if I want to call it big, but the one we do annually. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bigger. It just means we do it annually, and it's out at the hostel in the forest in Brunswick, Georgia. So if you're at all interested in getting involved with veterans, go check out visionaryveterans.org and do that. Now, uh, quick messages on some things that I have going on um, the language of breath um, is going to be on um, Insight Timer. I'm doing a bunch of uh, lives and, uh, on Insight Timer, by which is a free app if you don't have it. I have a whole bunch of breath work on there. And if you're interested in learning more about language of breath, you can go to languageofbreathcollective.com. Uh, I'm going to put a link below, though, because I do have a code for you if you want to take our course or attend teacher training, I, we would love you to be there. If you're interested in learning more about breath work and how it can positively impact you and maybe how you can become a teacher, um, I will put a link for that. Um, we're doing a lot of work with, with Insight Timer, but I'm also doing a lot of work with an app called The Breath Source. And The Breath Source is just the ultimate source for breath work. Insight Timer, meditations, and lots of other good stuff. Amazing, amazing, both of them. But Breath Source is dedicated mostly to breath work primarily breath work and I'm trying to create a little bit of a, a more of a breath uh, dominance on insight timer uh, by offering more content I've been put I think the last week I've put about six new tracks up there on the breath source I usually put about one a month on there and one of them I just released is for our, our friend Akshay who if you go on and check out what he's doing he's crossing Antarctica and his book and his webpage is Fearvana. So just look up Fearvana. You can see what kind of what we're doing. But on the Breath Source app, I'm going to give you guys a link so you can get on there. But it's $7 a month to participate in all these amazing breath masters. I mean, we're, we're loading them down now. I'm not sure how many we have now. We started around 30 and maybe we're somewhere near 50 breath masters. These are the top breath teachers in the world, not just, you know, who are in Southern Utah or whatnot. These are the top in the world and they're there um, offering live classes. I think I'm going to be doing a 30 day challenge on there, utilizing my book. Um, those of you who didn't know, I've released a couple books recently. Uh, one of them is a breath journal and the other one is a psychedelic journal and my children's book, which is a breath work book for children. Hey, hey those who are excited about that, I know we're we're talking. You can hear my voice, but you know, make some noise because it's, it's exciting. A breathwork book for kids, and it's called the SS Meditation Goes to the Moon. And I have a series of them that I'm working on, uh, probably about ten of them by the time I'm done. But it's almost ready to release. So maybe by the time you hear this podcast, it might be ready to release. I'm self-publishing these. Um, on Amazon, so you can get them on Amazon. I'll send links and put all the links in there, but. 
Um, you know, if you're a book publisher for children's books and you want to talk about mindful books for kids, I would love to because my goal is to push this these books out to just on my own for now. It was part of inspired action and uh, and then eventually uh, maybe I have a publisher help me to to get the rest of the audience because I think this is an important part of children's development. And things that are not learning in school, frankly, we know that adults are not learning it unless they're really taking the initiative. And um, I would really love for it to become a part of our children's curriculum. I think we'd be better people, better humans if we did that. So um, I think that's the it in the way of announcements, I believe. Um, I may have a few more as we get into it. But let's get on with our today's topic, which is happiness. Happiness. What is happiness exactly, right? I mean, happiness is an emotion, I suppose. When a person is satisfied, they like what they have. Um, there's been a lot of research trying to figure this out. I've even watched a few videos about what happiness is and what factors can make a person happy or unhappy. And there's so many of them um, that contribute to that. So today I'm just going to probably offer, well, I've written down 10 things. Uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to offer 8 to 10 things you're going to want to take notes, guys. If you're not taking notes, please do it. You're going to want to take notes on this and you're going to want to have some of this information when we're going forward. And when you're going forward to say, hey, why am I feeling unhappy? Now, I'm going to start today's podcast by talking a little bit about what I did uh, on a TikTok recently. I just, you know, I did a little three-minute video about happiness. And that word usually indicates either you're happy or unhappy, right? Is Is there a gray area or not? And I hear that all too often, that either you're happy or unhappy. And the truth is, we always have happiness within us, and we also have the opposite of happiness. I don't want to call it unhappiness. Maybe it's dissatisfaction, or it's frustration, or it's some sort of expectation of something coming. It's not necessarily white and black, right? There, the, the gray area doesn't really exist either. It's more a matter of variables between the two. But we never lose sight or never lose track of our happiness. We just stop paying attention to it. It's still with us. It's kind of like our breath. We can hold our breath, but have we lost our breath? No, we're holding it and we can always come back to it. It's kind of that very interesting thing. So, you know, I hear a lot of people who come to me in my clinic and and they'll say, well, I'm just not happy anymore, you know, because I lost this relationship or I'm not happy anymore because I'm not in the job that I want. And today, if you've ever said those kind of things, this is the podcast for you because happiness is a moving target. That seems kind of frustrating though, doesn't it? Well, how come I can't just have it? Well, it's kind of a moving target based upon where you're looking. If you're looking outside of yourself for validation and happiness, then it's going to be a moving target. But when that target is right within you, the target stops moving, friends. It's it's no longer this moving target. So how do we make that target go from this outside validation and these outside sources to inside of us? 
Well, that's the, the reason why we're getting together today. Ho- optimism and happiness really go hand in hand. So while you're working and you're, you're trying to, to find these things, you have to really think, am I being optimistic or pessimistic regarding to life? What stories are you telling? Many times we're telling the story of what's not there. We want people to hear it. We want people to hear how unhappy we are, to validate our emotions and our feelings. And I will tell you that that does not serve you getting happy. All it does is gives you that momentary, maybe a dopamine hit. Oh, I was listened to, but you're still unhappy because you're reciting the story of what was rather than what can be. Don't talk about your old relationship anymore. It's gone. Don't talk about the job that you hate because hate is such a strong word, right? If you really hate your job, then you shouldn't be there. Don't say that you need that job because there are so many jobs out there. There There's so many things. And when you let go of the life that you think you're supposed to have, you can make way for the one that is waiting for you. You can make way for it. You have to. You have to clear a path. And it's tough. Transformation always comes from places of discomfort. Every time you leave a job, it's uncomfortable more than likely, at least for one party or another, but it makes way for the next one. My friend Chris Jones, if you're not familiar, uh, maybe I can put a link to it, but he did a, a TED Talk with me, and he talked about our our uh, points of light. And What an amazing TED Talk. I mean, I, I really loved it. I mean, yes, we shared the stage together when I did my TED Talk, but man, it was such a good TED Talk in the way he really talked about how even... Losing a child was a point of light that led to something else. We can't sit in the what was or what could or what could be. We have to say, I'm letting go of that so I can make way and use that as a point of light. Go check out his TED Talk. You'll love it. Chris Jones, Points of Light. It's amazing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can be happy and find that target within us rather than looking outside. So we have to, here's number one, look for the good. We have to look for the good. So being optimistic, and we have to have a more positive outlook on our circumstances. Now, it can't change how you experience them, all right? So you did that happen to you, and you can confirm all your biases, and you can have these human experiences and find evidence to support all these beliefs. But Often, we're unconsciously shaping how you perceive the world and these events, these interactions, these circumstances. Pessimists are inadvertently finding confirmation that everything is wrong, that there's bad news, and that there's something missing. But optimists can become more aware of what's going on and change it to what's going well. So, let's give an example of that. I just got fired. Lost my job. My whole world is, I got in a car wreck after I got fired because I was speeding, because I was upset, all these bad things. And you start talking about all the bad things. And that brings that vibration in a way to all the bad things that are happening. That doesn't make you feel any better. And you keep talking about it and you keep talking about it and you want people to hear you. But in the meantime, while you're talking about that, your possibility of who you're maybe saying that to, to re-employ you, maybe you're talking to someone about how horrible it was working at that place, but you end up talking maybe in front of somebody who could be a potential employer. They don't like they don't like your pessimistic attitude. They're not going to hire you. Your car that has been hit, you know, when you talk about how crappy it was and how expensive it is going to be to fix it, you're going to be sitting in that trying to figure all that out when maybe the best answer is to think positively about it, saying, you know, 
I really loved that car, but I know that it was temporary and it was on its last leg. And you find out that maybe you've paid it off or you're close to paying it off to where you can trade it in and get something newer that will take you to your new job. There's so many possibilities. I can't figure them all out on this podcast, but the universe does in an instant. When you let go and you let it all in, new possibilities show up for you. Look for the good. Now, number two is we need to prioritize people. Uh, we, we, we tend to like look at ourselves and we say, this is what's happening to me. And there is so much evidence that having relationships with people are the key to happiness, whether it be family, friends, whatever. Having this effect, just being with people who will support you does help bring in a little bit of happiness, right? By prioritizing those relationships. So instead of dumping on them, just be like, hey, I want to hang out with you. I've had a hard day. Um, and, you know, and if you tend to, uh, they want to hear about it, then they're offering that to you rather than you dumping that on them. So think about this. When you are um, in a particular relationship, now keep in mind, not all relationships are going to be this good, but some of them are, where they are quality more than a quantity. You have someone who's just really there and can be your rock in those times when you need it, helping to explain what some of the options are and helping you think through the cloud of your pessimistic thoughts. Those are good people. And that's who you really need to prioritize being around when you're in those times. Don't try to be around people who are in worse off situations than you. Don't try to influence your other coworkers. They should quit because that boss really sucks too. Don't do that because all you're really doing is setting yourself up for more and more pessimism and that's not uplifting. You really want to feel understood, supported, and loved. That will remind you that you are love, that you are supported, and that you can do anything. You're limitless. Number three, you really need to practice being in the present. So a lot of times when things happen to us, even if it was today, and let's just say I was to you know, get fired from my job today, that's no longer in the present. That already happened. Okay, So you may not realize how much time you do spend dwelling on the past, worrying about the future or analyzing what can I do right now. Okay, Just because you're analyzing the present doesn't mean you're practicing presence. Okay, It doesn't mean that. You're analyzing it. And you're telling stories. I was once told that uh, mindfulness is being present without judgment. Mindfulness is being present without judgment. Think about that. So you can do lots of mindfulness exercises that can help you break these habits of being present, but then overthinking and telling stories. So dedicating just like 15 or 20 minutes to some sort of mindfulness activity every day will really help you, whether that be breath work or meditation for me, I have been a big advocate of listening to Abraham Hicks every day, and that's usually, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. I also listen to walk, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer almost every day, which is usually another 10 minutes while I'm driving. I do my breath work, which is maybe 20 minutes. Take an ice bath. You do your meditation. I'm not here to tell you what your routine should be, but mine includes usually several hours of mindfulness every single day so that I can really push through with momentum through my day rather than analyzing, telling stories of what could be, which is also preventing what can be. All right. Um, number four. Oh, well, this is kind of a, an interesting one. So number four is about service. So contributing your time to others 
you know, it's really hard to be negative when you're helping others out. When you're sitting around in this victim mentality, um, it's really easy to sit there. But when you're generously giving away your time, your talents, your money, whatever that is, you, you make a positive difference in someone else by volunteering and helping them. This extends to your job too, with people in your jobs or however you're helping others to make a positive impact. Even the tiniest random acts of, of kindness, like giving a compliment or I don't know, some positive feedback on a project, this really helps to make a very lasting shift um, in how you're feeling because at least you feel appreciated, right? Even if you don't like your job, you're looking at some other changes, at least you feel appreciated in your job. You feel appreciated by the people around you. And frankly, that makes your transition away from that job a lot less painful emotionally than a big blow up or I'm quitting, I'm out of here. It really makes it to where you are an asset to the company and they're going to be really sad to see you go and maybe even help you in your transition. Go figure, right? Um, number five. <laughs> this, is, this is one that you probably were waiting for. How about gratitude, friends? Gratitude. Like many, you may think that happiness is something that you will just experience if and when, right? We talked about that. If you get a goal, you achieve something, happiness, there it is. But in reality, this is the kind of thinking that keeps you in the space of scarcity. Like, I need to accomplish that before I can be happy, leading you to being dissatisfied. Well, gratitude kind of reverses that mental habit. Um, you can find things that you're grateful for right now. I do a five-minute gratitude practice. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Basically, when I wake up in the morning, I write three things that I'm grateful for, and I write three things that would make today great. That's it. That's it. Anything that could possibly happen. So great, grateful. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for the, this clothes. I'm grateful for the warmth in the, in the van, whatever. Whatever it is that you're grateful for in that moment, you write it down. Then you write three things that would, you would, be, that would be really great to happen to you today. And then at the end of the day, you write three things that did happen that were really great. They can be something different than those three that were what would make today great. It's just something that happened. You're like, I'm really grateful for that as you go to bed and make that shift to gratitude as you go to bed. Really amazing. So number six, be kind to yourself. How often do we just talk really bad about ourselves and say what we're not worthy of? Well, when you start saying it, guess what? You're not worthy anymore. You're just not. If you believe it, then it is. What you think you believe, and really, a belief is just a, a, a thought that you keep thinking. You just keep thinking it over and over. So this becomes your belief system, which becomes your entire identity. It becomes your personality when you think it over and over and over. So be kind to yourself. Research has shown that people um, that have a lot of self-compassion, it, it, it impacts their mental health, um, the, which correlates to more optimism and more happiness. It's... Shifting criticism away from self. This is an act of self-kindness, guys. You, when you tune into this and saying, you know what, I should talk better to myself. I am worth more. Even if someone puts you down, say, okay, great. What you think about me is none of my business. But this is self-care. And it's something that needs to be consistent, a priority. And not just something you do in reaction to feeling unhappy. It's something that you do constantly. Give yourself compliments all the time. Being serious. Hey, I look really good today. I like how my beard looks today. I did really good on that podcast today. I love this journal entry I did. I 
I'm really proud of you, Ryan, for going on a hike today when it was hot. Really amazing. The things you're doing are great. That's how you do it. This is how you be kind to yourself is don't worry or not worry. Don't wait until you're in the pessimistic, unhappy side. Do it now. Do it now. Matter of fact, I'm going to challenge all everyone listening right now. Say one good thing about yourself. Say one good thing that you love about you. And if you're saying, oh, I don't know what it is. You love that you're being contemplative about how awesome you are. Ah, I love that I can do this thing. I enjoy this. I like that I can sit in silence with myself. I love that I have all kinds of thoughts. It means that I am active. Whatever that is for you, say it. I'll give you a second. <laughs> all right. Next is learn to let go. Now, this is this is number seven. And this topic, I love all the yoga teachers of the world. I love you all. But it gets said way too often. <laughs> it gets said way too often. It gets said way too often. Now, I'm going to talk about literally what happiness is in a minute and signs that you're unhappy and what some of the therapies we can do for it are. But I will tell you that we, we use this thing about letting go way too often and don't really talk about how to do that. So learning to let go of your mental clutter, and you just remember that lady Marie Kondo, right, where she was like, if it doesn't spark joy, you got to get it, get it go, right? Well, this is a reference to really things in your closet, but this can be put into some things that are in your mental closet, like fear, resentment, limiting beliefs, things that you don't really like, things that don't spark joy, you got to let them go. This is this mental clutter that are having kind of a toxic effect on your being. Letting go is not a one-time activity, friends. And a lot of people say, well, just let it go. That's what I mean by the, the yoga teacher of the world that say that. Just let it go. Just let it go. Well, you got to let it, some things go a lot, especially if it's really heavy, if it's you know lined with trauma. You got to let it go maybe more than once. And um, you know, as, as Ram Dass, I'm going to go back to his quote, it's important to expect nothing and to take every experience, including the negative ones, as merely steps on the path and proceed. That word proceed means to let it be there. Oh, I see you anger. I see you frustration on my path. Thanks for showing up and continue to proceed. Continue to move forward. So letting go might be journaling about it. It might be writing about it. It might be burning words in a fire at the, at the full moon ceremonies. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do to work through this. But letting things go allows you to, to be mindful in the present without judgment. Say, that happened to me, but it's fine. I'm here now. And finally, I'm just going to say be flexible. I don't mean in a, in a yoga way since we were saying that, but just be flexible with yourself and what things should look like and how um, they should show up in your experience. Because what really matters is you at the end of the day. Just be really easy with yourself. Don't, you know, as you get feeling frustrated, go towards what feels good. Don't push things that don't feel good. Set boundaries. I did a whole podcast on boundaries. Set boundaries of what you can do. Stay active when you can and rest when you need to. That's really going to help you to be able to learn to let go. It'll also help you to be kind to yourself. It'll make you feel gratitude. Really being flexible 
is a downstream thing. All the other things that I just told you about looking for the good and prioritizing people, just be flexible. Be open to all things and attached to nothing. And you'll find that you'll be a lot happier. Now, what really is happiness, right? I guess we'll get into that now. What is, what is really happiness? And I, I think that it's, I talk about this a lot with our, in, our, in our clinic and how, it, um, how we communicate through the language of breath. We talk about it um, as chemical or frequency and how we feel. And it's, some people either will say it's positive or negative and it's influenced by lots of factors, right? But it seems strange to think of it as maybe something that there's a set point um, that we experience things and then we, that keeps us there. That's we're happy because we have this thing that happened to us or we're, you know, we've made a lot of money and that's our happiness. But I think if you talk to a lot of people who have uh, a lot of abundance, they'll tell you that their happiness is not in that. And the opposite is when we have changes in what we call our normal, if we're, especially if we're in a place of contentment, that influences how we feel. Right. So, you know, if you win the lottery, let's just say that, you know, you win the lottery, oh, you're happy. But then things happen after that. You could be like in an accident and be paralyzed. And the happiness that you had from that set point has now changed based on these things that happen in your life. So throughout your life, a lifespan, a lot of things are going to happen. A lot of circumstances, a lot, maybe poor health or poverty or, you know, all kinds of things will come into your experience. And the way to be happy is by sticking with your routines and habits that include all the activities that we talked about. Devote time to people and energy to people and practice presence and be of service. And this is how we affect the environment in which you, you're kind of like your ecosystem in which you're living in. So I have this pillow in my office and it's like, a, it's behind me and I want to turn around to look at it right now, but although I'll make a lot of noise to try to get to it, but it's a pillow of emotions. And I have a lot of people who come in and they say, I'm depressed. And I'm like, well, I want to hear more about that. What does it mean to be depressed really? And they say, well, I'm unhappy. Okay. Well, those are two different things. Well, I'm frustrated. Well, that's also something different. So some signs that you had that are maybe um, unhappy, I'm going to give you a few of them, but know that this is all normal. These are new set points that describe your now normal emotional state. So know that it can always change. Just like we talked about in happiness, if you're unhappy, your set point can change. It's a matter of influencing it with certain things. So you might feel sad or down, maybe a little frustrated, maybe you have loss of energy, maybe you're dreading doing some sort of activity or you're ruminating on mistakes or choices you've made. Maybe you're not sleeping or eating. Your self-care is in the dumps. And you're maybe self-medicating with substances that don't help you. They just kind of numb your emotions. Well, these are signs that there is some unhappiness there. And I like to use the contrast word. I usually say that you're, you're not happy. You're, you're experiencing the contrasting emotion of happiness. So that lets you know what you don't want. Now that will influence you to know what you do want. So people suffering from depression, they just they kind of struggle with this persistent um, sadness or fatigue or this disinterest. And de de depression is a chronic mental health condition, but it can be treated with some therapies. And we do a lot of that here in the in the clinic um, with ketamine, um, with breath work. Um, there's some other stuff, you know, called. Uh, call, um, 
different treatments. I'm just not, I'm not going to go into all of them. I thought I might, but I don't think I'm going to go into all of them. Your therapist can help you with those. I don't really want to go down that road about which ones you can, can offer. But I will tell you that there are some practices that you can do now. We talked about them and the eight things that you can do. And know that sadness is different than, than depression. Okay, we, we need to clarify that. Sadness is, is, is a, a point in time. Depression sometimes is prolonged or most of the time is prolonged. So um, you can go see a therapist. Don't feel sad to go see a therapist. Don't feel afraid. Or It, it is an act of vulnerability, but it, it is certainly you taking your own thoughts and emotions to a professional who can maybe guide you in the right therapy for you. And that's why I'm sort of tiptoeing around this because I don't know what the right therapy is for you. I like to use ice baths um, when I'm feeling that way because I get this massive dopamine hit. I do breath work daily so that I can stay alkaline and I can feel focused and energized. I do meditation so I can be in the clarity of my quiet mind and receive inspired action. I like to do sweat lodges to release toxins and traumas. I'd like to do those. I like to do vision quests as needed. And I like to do ketamine therapy because I can disrupt patterns that maybe I'm clinging to. This is what I do. It doesn't mean they're right for you. And a therapist can help you with that. And I'm happy to maybe guide you in the right direction if you wanted to message me and, and talk about it a little bit. Happy to, to if you email me at ryan at the ketamineclinic.com, I'm happy to, to chat with you about it. But I will tell you, just by being active in your own mental well-being, <laughs> you will find that you feel better. Just being active, saying, you know what, I'm going to seek out something that might make me feel better. Maybe it's exercise or yoga or breath work, but it's going to be different for each person. So know that we have to kind of go back to the number six topic. Be kind to yourself. Just because one doesn't work, it doesn't mean that all of them are not going to work. So when you feel satisfied in life, you're not looking for those things, but those are the right times to begin to practice them. So when you feel unsatisfied, you already have the tools. When people sit with me, they're expecting this ketamine therapy and the drug to fix them. Well, that's not how I do business around here. We, we teach breath work and meditation and we move into ways of journaling and things that will help have tools along the way so it's not just the drug fixing me. There are some medications out there that you can take, but I don't recommend them. And not all of them, not for everyone. Some people maybe need them, but um, it's not what I would say is your first step. First step is going with these eight steps that we've gone through and know that you are worthy of happiness. It's already within you. It's not something that you seek. It's something that you are. We have to turn the light away from the contrast and turn it towards that of gratitude serving others, prioritizing other people, being kind to yourself, and being flexible. In doing so, that light is shined away from that one event or those two events, or it might even be a decade of events. It shines it somewhere else so that we can let go of that life to make way for the one that's waiting for you. I'm going to close today with Ram Dass's quote, It's important to expect nothing to take every experience, including the negative ones, as merely steps on the path and proceed. Much love, friends. See you on the next one.